0: Dot com show. The guys sit down with guests to chit chat about crypto. It's time for the shitpoint dot com show. Let's
1: all not get tricked. We are back. It's been a little bit of a, a break from us, um, but today we're joined by Rodolfo Novak. Uh, you might know him as NVK. Um, he is the co-founder and CEO of CoinKite. Welcome, Rodolfo.
2: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: Um, so I guess I guess a great way to start this would just be to get a little intro from you, just to you know understand what you guys are up to at CoinKite. It'd be great to just run us briefly through the products you guys offer as well.
2: Yeah, so uh, we've been in the space for forever uh you know a lot of people knew us way back then from uh, our bitcoin debit cards and uh, payment uh, uh machines uh and our backend uh and wallet for you know like companies and and people we were sort of like big go before big go
0: <laughs> and uh, uh, uh for, the, for the people who don't know uh you guys uh are based out of Canada and i guess you you uh drove a lot of the early adoption of bitcoin in Canada
2: That's right uh you could find our terminals in many places all over the world. Really, uh, it's kind of funny how many people use their bitcoins for the first time using our payment terminals. Um, but uh, you know that uh, that was too early in the too early in the Bitcoin adoption to, to be worth uh, pursuing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so we sort of like we I mean I didn't really want to spend my life uh, supporting users on a twenty four hour service right. Um, so, uh, so, we pivoted to, to sort of like what we like to do, really, which is hardware. And that's uh, many years ago when we made uh, Open Dime, uh, the, that, the credit stick uh, for Bitcoin. And then, uh, and then we launched a cold card, like a proper hardware wallet a few years ago. Uh, and sort of like that's where we've been putting our energy now.
0: And uh, I sent you a photo the other day um, of, uh, I have some first edition Open Dimes, that I uh, that I keep around and for people who don't know OpenDime is um, like a very tiny device it looks like a YubiKey and the way it works is uh, you plug it into your computer and it shows up as a USB drive and it has um, an address like a bitcoin address on it so you can send funds to this bitcoin address but the cool thing is you can plug it out of your computer and and break off a tiny piece of the Open Dime, of the actual physical device. And when you then plug it back into your computer, it shows up a USB device again, but this time it also has the private key. So it's like, I I don't understand how it works, but it's super cool.
2: So yeah, so uh, I mean, I won't get into the technical details of it, but essentially uh, we enable people to, uh, to, to generate their own private keys so that you don't have to trust the device. Uh, but there is no backup and nobody knows the private key. So you can actually uh, give that to somebody unlike like a paper wallet, right? Because a paper wallet, you could have a backup. So you could sweep the funds before the person does. With this, nobody has it. Um, the Bitcoin is essentially stuck in it. So whoever has physical possession of it has it. Uh, and then when you want to sort of take the Bitcoin out, you have to break it um, and, and, and then plug it in and then you will sort of give you the private key so you can sweep it somewhere.
0: Could you explain, um, I mean, if we say there's two big actors uh, in the market today being Trezor and Ledger, uh, I I know you'd like to maybe ship all over it, but can you explain just very briefly um, how, very briefly how hardware security works and why a cold card would be more secure than a Trezor and uh, I guess, uh, wh- how the process of making them would be different.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I- you know, uh, I think uh, those guys did, uh, did a good job for, for, you know, in the early days. But, uh, you know, the product got stale, no security, uh, no physical security, really. And j- so essentially, so, so Trezor is fully open source uh, and he uses a general purpose micro, right? That the same stuff you would find in a, in a microwave, right? Um, it's not designed for security, so mm-hmm. they heavily rely on the, on, on the 25th like passphrase, right? That's, that's the only way you it's get something 38, physical, right? BIP 39. Um, okay. so BIP 38 is just like the paper wallet encryption stuff. This mm-hmm. is uh, BIP 39 essentially is the seed, and then it's what we call the 25th word. It may be many words extra, but essentially, you input the extra words when you, when you want to sign so that the device, the idea is that essentially the device doesn't have the full seed. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so they rely on that uh, and they have a, a also a sort of like centralized wallet, right? That you can sort of easily connect to a computer and then, you know, do your thing. Uh, The problem with that is that you lose privacy. Um, And then uh, on the ledger side, uh, those guys have a very secure product, but it's closed source, right? Um, and, uh, you know, a few years ago when we closed down CoinCard.com, I had to to store my funds somewhere. Uh, and uh, I took a deep look at uh, both of these main options on the market. And uh, they didn't quite do it for me. So, uh, so we've decided to sort of make a harder wallet uh, for ourselves. So we made uh, one that, this sort of uh, solves this compromise between the two. Uh, Coldcard has a general purpose MCU like Trezor does. Uh, so it can do all the stuff in open source. But we also have a secure element that, uh, that, that we use to store the seed uh, with some physical security. And, and, that's, uh,
0: um, and that's similar to um, how pleasure. an iPhone stores my, um, you know, like Face ID or something, right?
2: exactly right so you have a little secure spot right that is designed for security unlike the other chip right and and so what we do is we start the seed there but we go a step further Um, we didn't want to trust secure element fully so on mark 3 we we encrypt the seed with one time pad uh, on the mcu and then we store the seed encrypted inside the secure element so,
0: so you're, in order f- so your 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 pin on uh decrypts the data in the secure element
2: yeah it, it's not just a the pin there's like a one-time secret that we create on the so there's there's very very large uh, uh it's a very large uh a key uh to okay. decrypt yeah and, and it's also one time pad so good luck with that um <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so well, what's interesting about that is that, uh, uh, you know, nothing is really infallible in terms of security. So, our approach is to just increase the attack time and cost, right? So, for you to break a, a cold card, you'd have to do extremely advanced attacks that you're going to need the hundreds of thousands of dollars machines. Um, and... Uh, you're going to need to break both chips with the same, on the same sample, right? So the same code card, you're going to have to break both chips, take the secret from both to then marry them and decrypt the seed. So and that this, really um, raises the bar there.
0: And this attack you would have to execute before the owner realizes that you have their device. That's correct. And um, yeah, that's pretty tough.
2: <laughs> yes. So again, right? I mean... You know, if given infinite resources, right? So if you give a code card to your classic uh, NSA facility there, I'm sure within the week they'll have it, right? Um, mm. uh, you know, you're you're buying time. Yeah, exactly. But And here's a, here's a couple of things on that. First is that most people are not going to be targeted by people that can spend, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars trying to get the money from them. So, so that's one. Um, and then uh, the second thing is you might break the sample, right? Trying to, to extract the stuff. So you have to break the case. You're going to have to disorder both chips. Uh, both, chip, uh, both chips have epoxy on them as well. Uh, all these steps are, have literature on how to remove, but y- y- you know, there is failure rate <laughs> in this attacks. You only so- have
0: one device
2: exactly right so you only have one chance uh so so that's sort of like our our plan here uh for for this current iteration of the device uh we think it uh, it does a good job
0: gotcha. and, uh, i didn't gotcha. mention this but um uh you guys make um i mean we're not gonna get into the politics of that but uh you guys make devices for only bitcoin um even though you could easily kind of copy paste it but um the way you explained to me, because we met at the Satoshi Roundtable, is that um, the majority of the demand from customers is for Bitcoin. So you yeah. well just focus yeah, on Yeah, exactly.
2: So, I, I mean, you the know, value. I understand the reality of, of sort of like being a more niche product here. You know, I, I think like, so the ledger guys are essentially going after the whole crypto between quotes market. Right. Um, and, and, and that market is always going to exist, right? Uh, but the reality is you, you either have to put all the coins, right? Because there's going to be very tiny little groups of people who need one specific coin just until they dump after their pre-mine ICO. Uh, and, then, uh, <laughs> and then that's it. I mean, like, you know, like Litecoin sort of faded away. Uh, you know, Monero has some... Uh, still some traffic but you know it's, it's, it's pretty still tiny um, you know Bitcoin is king and uh, and, and I don't want to spend my days bug de- uh, y- y- you know doing testing and debugging uh, shit coins um, so so we're only focused on Bitcoin that's sort of like we're a niche product I understand that uh, but uh, but it is uh, the main coin
0: and um yeah, so uh, I guess this is where it gets really nerdy because as you know, I've been uh, involved in the exchange business for many, many years. And you know, security is really tough. When, um, I remember when Gemini launched, they, they wrote a blog post on the security Gemini, which included the use of um, something called an HSM, mm-hmm. which uh, to my knowledge is um, is a dedicated computer that tries to be tamper-proof. And it, it works kind of like a treasure on steroids. So you can, it has all these policies in it's software and it's a physical machine. And you store, um, you know, your seed phrase, uh, so to speak in it for say like odd wallet. And then when you want to send a transaction, you tell the HSM, sign this transaction, sending this many Bitcoins and the policies on the device would dictate whether or not it would sign it. And if it signs it, you get back the signed transactions, but you will not be able to extract the seed out of the HSM. So yep. in the case of a digital attack, or um, hopefully also in a physical attack, uh, they would be un- unable to, to get your seed. Um, so when we met uh, at Roundtable, Table, you told me that you're planning on making it such that the cold card, which is connected to a computer via USB, can act as. I'm trying not to say poor man's HSM here, but um, yeah, no, to, fair. Uh, to to make people understand, call it a personal. A, if you rent an HSM that's hosted by, say, Amazon, it'll cost you, five thousand dollars setup fee, and I don't know how much every month, and. I've had Rodolfo and uh, several other people tell me that a cloud HSM uh, doesn't make joke. any sense because it must be uh, under your physical control because that's the, the whole thing. So uh, can you explain how this works and like what kind of customers you'd have, a timeline?
2: Sure. So okay, so we we made I think the first Bitcoin HSM servers in I, I think it was like 2012. Uh, because we couldn't find any in the market for our payment, coin, uh, the the Bitcoin payment terminals and all that stuff, right? The the backend that we had and all those things. Um, in those days, we tried selling them to the market, but nobody was willing to pay twenty to fifty thousand dollars <laughs> uh, per box. Um, so we sort of ditched that project. Um, and uh, but I kind of. Uh, I didn't want to enter that HSM market anymore for enterprise uh, because, uh, you know, you're essentially competing with like Tails and, and all the HSM manufacturers, even though they don't really do a great job with Bitcoin stuff. Uh, but that that is a different market. Um, now, HSM's are essentially, I mean, HSM's like server side, right? They're essentially like a very secure computer that has... Extremely expensive and ways of, of, of making sure you can, you can uh, operate secrets, right? In a, in a data center or an office. Um, and uh, you, you essentially, for Bitcoin, you, you get this machine and you say to this machine, hey, you can only send it to this address, you can only sign this amount uh, per day, right? In terms of limit, and that's what the machine does for you right? Essentially a robo-signer, co-signer for you. Um, so I always liked that as well for, for personal and small business side. Um, so since we really have cold card, and cold card is essentially, you know, an HSM, um, but sort of like consumer grade, let's put it this way, um, we wanted to sort of see if we could make it uh, so that we could automate a secondary code card uh, for you to sort of run your own personal uh, HSM, right? Your personal co-signing service kind of deal. Um, so, so yeah, so we wrote uh, the CK Bunker uh, um, program uh, that, uh, you know, you can download. It's free and, you know, open source and all the good stuff. Uh, and what it does is it puts code card into an automated mode, and then you can make that as your say cosign multi-sig, so that you know remotely or locally, you go into this web page, uh, it's an onion address, uh, and you upload your partially signed transaction from your other code card or other hardware wallet, uh, and this will cosign for you based on your policies so Essentially, think of it kind of like uh, your own casa or your own big go, right? You're running your own um, and, uh, and uh, so this way you don't lose privacy because that was always my concern about all these co-signed services is uh, like losing privacy. It means you have to do the stuff your own, your personally, but at least you gain the privacy back. Um, this is super useful for businesses. Like small businesses can't afford real HSMs and can't afford to, to write software for it or integrate it. It's just, it's a whole sort of, well, probably don't even have the know-how either. This is very advanced stuff, very expensive stuff. Um, so, with this, oh, yeah.
0: So, uh, so an example I was thinking of is, if I, I run an exchange, I can have a, a sort of a hot wallet that's a multi-sig mm-hmm. with uh, three signers and two uh, are required to sign. Mm-hmm. So what I could do is, Uh, I could set it up so that um, if me and my co founder sign, we can send money anywhere. But if we're sending the money to our cold storage from the cold card, Mm -hmm. then only one of us has to sign and the device will sign the other one. Mm. And that would like really is a huge burden.
2: Yes, that's exactly it. Um, You know, there are some security considerations because this is a $100 device. So, for example, when code card is unlocked, right, you, you are, say, susceptible to side channel attacks, right? But again, right, like if you have this in a locked room, in a locked box, so whatever you're going to do your setup, um, you know, you're getting a $50,000 solution for $100, right, <laughs> with some free software. So, uh, it, it's pretty cool. Uh, that, that you can do that. Um, you know, you can also do geographical separation. So you can have another, you can have a bunker running in a different country. Uh, so, you know, it reduces your coercion attack vector. Um, you know, you you, 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 can set up this in so many different ways. Uh, that's, uh, I think it's a, uh, should be very helpful to people. So Francis is already, uh, Francis from Bull Bitcoin already has, uh, I think, I don't know if he already integrated or it's a, it's like essentially in the process of, uh, they've already made it so it's easy to install with the Cypher node. Uh, my hope is that uh, my node and uh, BTC pay will sort of have this package integrated in there uh, like when button installs soon. Um, and, uh, you know, this is, this is sort of like, this is the, the CK bunker part. It's not really, like, it's just an open source project, right, that uses a code card. But I'm sure other wallets will fork it so they could use it with different wallets, with, like different hardware wallets. Uh, and, you know, we're looking forward to people contributing to it and make it easier. Or, um, But that's the idea. It's like this project is already live and sort of existing. Very oh,
0: cool. really cool. I want to try this.
1: I was going to ask as well, uh, Rodolfo. So I, I noticed on Twitter you were... You were doing a little bit of uh, on prepping. <laughs> lately. Oh, it's fun! Um, yeah, I was. I was gonna ask, uh, kind of in a thinking a little more meta about it. Do you do you think this whole coronavirus thing is gonna have any impact on Bitcoin? What's your What's your view on that?
2: I, I think they're completely unrelated, especially because uh, you, you know QR codes work through hazmat suits. It's. Uh...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Would you say a Bitcoin user not affected? Yeah, Bitcoin <laughs> users are not affected.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, I don't think uh, I don't think these things are very related, right? Bitcoin is is a very well suited to, to people being suited, <laughs> and uh, and <laughs> and uh, having to leave their homes. Uh, I think it's it's actually quite amazing, right? Because if you think about it, you don't want to be trading gold in a, in an event where uh, physical uh, physical concerns are, are an issue. Uh, you, you know, you don't yeah. want to be uh, meeting in person and taking a bite of a gold bar.
0: <laughs> to make sure it's not tungsten. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I, you know, I'm not super concerned about this stuff. Uh, I just, uh, I like, I, I'm concerned about people panicking more than I am concerned about yeah, right. people getting <laughs> sick. It's, uh, you, you know, when you have a kid and stuff, it's like, you're like, you know, like people really lose, it, lose their minds. You know, can I get baby Advil at the pharmacy? Right. Because stuff runs out. So, like, it's, it's, it, it, I, I do a lot of um, like backcountry canoe trips uh, up north in Canada. Right. Uh, and I, you know, I hunt and I do all kinds of stuff like that. And, uh, it, it, you know, that's part of my weekend sort of requirements. Right. I need to think, you know, do I need, you know, my big, uh, first-aid kid or my small first-aid kid you know am I going to walk a lot like you know how much water do I need for this trip that kind of stuff so uh it's very natural to to, to think through uh, disaster scenarios and uh and uh, just sort that out too and, and then just buy on the internet
1: that makes sense, that makes sense, I guess um yeah your your friend from Satoshi Roundtable, uh, justin 's son <laughs> he 's been, been contributing to the uh, corona cause, I see lately <laughs> ne-
2: never wasted catastrophe
1: right exactly, exactly there's always a marketing angle in there somewhere
2: <laughs> that 's right oh boy, that was fun. Uh, we broke the internet for a day
1: yeah, you did you did i was gonna, I was going to ask actually when we were talking about uh, you know, um, cold card being Bitcoin exclusive. When When Tron?
2: Oh, so uh, we, we had very uh, interesting conversations with Justin and uh, we actually plan on fully pivoting to Tron only. <laughs> uh, it, it should take about 30 days, but uh, I'm really sorry to our the coin customers. <laughs> it's going to be Tron only. That's
0: uh, just, just, the world that's just how the world works. Yeah, it's just, Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: How's, how's the liquid integration? I'm really looking forward to seeing that.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we're working on it. Uh, the Tron uh, liquid integration is, there's a few ways to, to go about it, but I think that's something we'll have to discuss when we have Justin on the show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we
2: really need to, to do a, a Justin episode. Uh, I think that would be appropriate for, uh, for your domain name.
0: I I absolutely think so
1: as well we'll have to get doctor back on as well uh you know we'll we'll host a (laughs) a reunion
0: (laughs) of sorts
1: (laughs) so I I guess to to round this one off uh Rodolfo um in terms of what's what's coming up for for CoinKite what what should people be looking forward to and uh yeah what do you have in the pipeline
2: So uh, we've launched a bunch of uh, new features for Coldcard. We're making very, very easy for you to migrate from uh, Trezor and Ledger to Coldcard, and uh, some of those are essentially now one-button solutions. And uh, uh, we're, you know, we're sort of exploring more security features, and uh, uh, you know, working on possibly having uh, an, uh, an updated. Harder device in a year or two um we are working on a separate device uh that uh might be a sort of like a hardware SPV wallet uh it's just we, we don't have the right solution yet just sort of like more prototyping right now and uh yeah i mean that's it like we're, we're really just sort of focusing on uh, making code card better at this point
1: very cool, very cool. So, guys, I would I would recommend you definitely head over to coinkite.com to check out all the all the products, um, OpenDime.com <laughs> to check out the open coldcardwallet.com for the cold card, um, and be sure to follow at NVK on Twitter for more uh, more Tron updates <laughs> coming That's soon. That's right. Uh, but-
2: the best place to find any Tron updates, TM.